Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod and on Twitter at tck underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at tckpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Yo, TCK Potters, it is Dweeznuts in the house once again. Uh, we are in the offseason, but we're hitting you with another Stat Rat episode. We're going to jump back into this series here for real um, in a couple of weeks after the Super Bowl. What a Super Bowl lined up. Look, listen all week to the TCK pod to hear coverage on that Super Bowl coming up. I think Sky and I are jumping on an episode tomorrow to do a little preview for you. Um, you'll hear from the other guys, Lucas and Bobby, as well as the next couple of weeks go on. Guys, we're doing somewhere between three, five episodes every single week this offseason. Keep with us at the Candlestick Kids, a.k.a. TCK Pod. This is episode, It's I think it's 352. It might be 351. We had a scheduling snafu the other day, so I'm not sure where it's at. Sky will clear that up for you guys later. Speaking of which... You can hit up Sky Guasco, our, our candlestick man, um, over at uh, Instagram. It's fantasy football underscore TCK pod or Twitter, TCK underscore pod. Uh, jump in, man. Talk to us. Engage. That's what we love to do here at the TCK. Okay. Ask us questions. Now, we'd love to answer them for you. Tell us how wrong we were all season long. I know that's what y'all love to do. Uh, let's just have a good time together, build this community over this off season as we sort of grow this brand, guys. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a brand of the people, but we're growing it. It's a great, great thing. TCK coming at you. Okay, so for this Stat Rat episode. We're going to do a little something different, okay? Um, we, we have some questions. People ask some questions. They want to know more about how this stat rat thing goes down. So I'm going to answer some questions that I got from y'all uh, right now. And then to end the show, I'll just do, uh, I'm going to pick one player and just kind of give you my two cents on them. Sort of, sort of typical stat rat stuff just because I can't fucking help myself. All this stuff is easier in the off season, guys, because it's, you know, eight months before you can tell me I'm wrong. Anyway, let's dive into the questions here. Uh, let's see what people want to know about your boy Dweez Nuts and the stat rep. By the way, I am Dweez Nuts, all Z's, no S's. Find me on Twitter. Um, hit me up. First question that came in is, uh, how do you decide what to cover in a given week? And that's a good question, okay? Because I, I, I usually only do a couple of players, one or two situations. So fair question, how do I decide? Here's my process for you, okay? It might be too much, but here's my process. 
First thing I do, um, I sit down Monday, Tuesday, even Sunday. I look for anomalies, things that don't seem to add up to me. Um, you know, guys that had two targets but managed 103 yards and a touchdown, things like that, or vice versa. You know, 11 targets, one catch. Look for things that don't seem to add up. Where does the opportunity in the production not line up for me? And uh, um, I make a list. Those I also while I'm watching the games, I got three TVs in my setup. I'm usually watching three games at once. I'm gonna take massive amounts of notes while those games are going on. Things like big opportunities that were missed or guys that seem to be um, being used in a game plan in a way that doesn't reflect the stat sheet for whatever reason. Things trends that I start to see noticing on uh, different teams. Take notes on all that stuff, uh, and then I sit down once I've got about usually ten of those or so. Uh, for a given week, I make a, a a little hypothesis, right? Like this guy was used more than he produced. Maybe he's somebody that you sh- should go after. And then I start diving in. You know, I spend uh, 20, 30 minutes on each one of these things, kind of looking at the actual data, di- diving deep, digging into a couple of weeks ago, a couple different sources, a couple different numbers that I like to focus on. About half of those usually kind of cancel themselves out, say, you know what? Hypothesis was wrong. Um, it actually played out exactly like it should have played out. So, so we scratch scratch those off. Things like you know snap shares, routes run. Look at the actual plays that were called. Um, look at you know w- what number read was this guy on a play versus versus that play. Um, yeah. So half of those half of those hypotheses cancel themselves out. Another one or two each week I put down in a is this a trend list. Um, so I'll, I'll move it off my this week's list and sort of keep track of it over the next few weeks to see if there's a trend starting to form because if you can catch on to those trends early, I've learned that you can you can uh, get ahead of the curve. That leaves me with you know two to four that I think fit pretty nicely. Hypothesis seems to be pretty well approved. And from that, I just kind of pick out which two of those or so do I want to know about as a fantasy owner? I try to empathize with the typical fantasy owner out there looking for an edge in his or her league, and I say, which one of these situations makes better sense to write about? Like, if it's a, if it's a nobody that, you know, might disappear again, I'm not going to talk about it. If it's, a, if it's you know, CMC got less touches this week, whatever, probably not going to talk about it because the typical owner doesn't care about those guys. They want to know who can they go pick up right now, who can they go drop. Um, and then, you know, throw all that out because some weeks it's just, hey, I have a question that I want answered as a fantasy owner. Uh, and uh, I think other people might want this question answered as well, whether that's from conversations I've had online with people on Twitter, um, asking me stuff or just, you know, people I know in life asking me questions. So sometimes I throw all that out and just start with a question or two. But uh, that's sort of my, my beginning process. That's how I kind of decide where to go. Um, leads into the next question here. How long does this whole thing take each week? And uh, look, on a good week, you know, three to four hours and I'm done. I do all the research I need in three to four hours over a couple of days uh, and it's it's done. Things work out nicely. We're good. On a tough week though, you know, you might be looking at 10 to 12 hours over those few weeks. There have been weeks where I stayed up very late in order to get all this stuff done. One example of that, week 14 of this season, I wanted to know who was the guy with Tua at the quarterback position in Miami. Who was he? Who was he going to? Who was worth going to pick up? By then, he had played snaps in seven different games. I think he played all the snaps in in four or five of them, and but only a few snaps here and there. And some of the others, he was pulled out for Fitz Magic. I wanted to be as accurate as possible here, so I went back to every single snap he played over those seven games. 
I compiled all of his statistics, all of the stats for each individual weapon, including things like snap snap count, snap share while he was on the field, routes run, types of route, uh, amount of routes, numbers of targets for each guy, each position group over that course of that seven games on only the snaps he played. Look for trends over time. I graphed a few different things. Um, not all of those ended up in the show. I think for that show, I ended up between 12 and 15 different graphs, graphs that I kind of designed to help see if I could find some trends. The research took probably till 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning that night um, on, a, on a Monday night, but it was so much fun, man. I had, I had so much fun doing it that I don't even notice the time going by when I really get diving into these things. I made a couple of moves as a result, won a few games in my own fantasy league, so it was worth it for me. If anybody else out there got anything from it, you know what, I don't know. I'd like to think they did, but uh, some weeks it takes a long fucking time. It just kind of depends on where I'm going and how how deep I really need to dig and dive. Um, speaking of which, next question here is a nice lead-in. What are some of the sites that you use to gather that information? Well, again, on a good week, I can only, I can use one or two and, and stop there. My favorite, my absolute favorite stat site is Pro Football Reference. Pro Football Reference has every single play from every single game, um, listed on there. It's got uh, just about every stat category for each individual player, for teams, for um, anything you want. Um, it, they have a paid arm as well. It's Stat Head is their paid arm, and they get really creative with some of their stats and some of their stat collection tools, things that you wouldn't even think you want until you kind of dive in. But so a good week. I can spend most of my time on Pro Football Reference and find what I need. Lineups.com is another really good one. It's got snap counts, comparative volume numbers that I can use that you can't really find easily, at least, uh, on Pro Football Reference. I'll tell you one thing that I sometimes do off of that Pro Football Reference. I'll copy and paste an entire stat grid into my own spreadsheet so I can manipulate it a little bit. Um, so that I can get what I want out of it, but uh, I, all the information's right there. Rotoviz is also a really cool source. They have some really interesting fantasy-specific tools that I like. Obviously, Rotoviz is paid, um, so if you have the money, you want to pay for uh, pay for this. You can. It's got all manner of. My favorite thing is uh, some of their game splits tools. You can you can find a tool on there that says, "Hey, what did what did Robbie Anderson do while?" DJ Moore was on the field, but only while DJ Moore was on the field, and it'll break that out for you so that I don't have to go back and find that information game one game at a time, one snap at a time, which is a can be a pain in the ass. I like Next Gen Stats for a few things. I like Football Outsider for a few of their uh, creative stats, their unusual stats. I think they just went paid behind a paywall for the first time, though. Um, actually, my fantasy league, uh, to be honest with you, they've got some really nice filtering options that. You can't really find any other place. If I just want to know between this week and this week, a um, really easy way to do that, I just jump onto one of my fantasy leagues and hit that player stats button. Otherwise, you know, if I can't find, if there's something else I need and I can't find it anywhere else there and I can't think of an easy way to create it myself, um, just a simple Google search will answer a lot of my questions for me pretty quickly. Uh, all right, so that's that's the stuff I like to use. You know, you should go bookmark fantasy or pro football reference, guys. I mean, it has everything, and it goes back to 19-whatever. I think 1920 is the first year that it starts collecting stats in there. So you can you can get everything you need, for the most part, right there. Next question that I got here, it's two-parter. What's one stat rat that you've had the most fun making, and why was that fun? It also asks, what was the most challenging, and why was it challenging? Uh, so first off, the fun ones are the ones that start with a hypothesis that is 
ended up ends up being proved correct. Um, obviously, it's fun when you get proved right. Uh, one example here, I did one in 2018. In the 2018 offseason leading into the 2018 regular season, uh, for my own show, Your Football Fantasy, by the way, if you haven't checked it out, please do. I did, we did it about Marvin Jones, okay? Something just seemed off to me about his usage in 2017 season. He had a huge season. When I dug in uh, to my hypothesis, I, I, I thought maybe, you know, I wanted to know how much people should expect out of him going into 2018, and I, and I proved to be right almost down to the very fucking number. It was crazy. Uh, something like, I think it was his career averages in games and on snaps where he was the second option via target share, routes run-wise, snap share, that sort of thing. Uh, his numbers in 2017 almost exactly matched his career numbers in games where that same situation was the case. So like if you looked at when Kenny G was healthy and on the field and he was running you know, less snaps or getting a less snap share, running less routes than somebody else, his numbers matched his career stuff almost exactly. So it told me what people should expect in 2018. In fact, if you look in 8, 2018, 19, and 20, those numbers in the relevant games are still almost exactly the same. Uh, it was such a fucking cool thing to see. Every fucking way I could look at this, it lined up almost exactly. So that was cool. As far as this year for TCK in week five, I broke down the Robbie Anderson versus DJ Moore thing. And I had been dogging DJ Moore's hype all off season. I know he's a great player, but I did not see it coming for him. And I hadn't, hadn't watched too many Panthers games Um in the first few weeks, I had seen I had seen that he had a ton of work DJ Moore did in the first couple of weeks, but I had an inkling that he wasn't the guy and wasn't going to be the guy, so I kind of dug in, took a look, and the numbers really panned out for me. There was a very, very, very clear trend, again, from every angle you can look at it, that Robbie Anderson was was the guy to own on that team. Really, really panned out, made some moves there. I know DJ Moore kind of came back later in the season a little bit, but... Robbie Anderson was the guy there, and and everything I looked at kind of panned out. So that was really fun for me to be proven so right, validated, vindicated, right, as I, as I took so much flack in the offseason. First challenging ones, uh, the tough ones are those that uh, when, when very few things stand out to me in a week at the early stages here, nothing screams anomalous uh, on that week, uh, no trends that I had been tracking over a couple of weeks. These are the weeks where I kind of have to stretch to find something to talk about because everything kind of seemed to go exactly the way it should go across the league, according to script across the league. It doesn't usually happen, but on occasion it does. And I'm, I'm left with like, uh, you know, what the fuck am I supposed to do? I've got 20 minutes to fill. I got to talk about something. In week 11, this kind of happened this season. I dug through, I don't know, maybe 20 different situations. None of them panned out. The stats didn't hold up to my hypotheses, so I scratched them all. I ended up settling on a couple of takes that were based on emotion, which, by the way, is always a bad idea in fantasy football. And they ended up being really shitty takes, if I'm honest. My takes on that week were that K-Makers was not the guy in L.A. and that you should sell or drop Melvin Gordon after a couple of bad weeks. They were emotional takes. I knew they were emotional takes at the time. I didn't know what else to do. I I, I did end up going to find stats that kind of supported that argument because you can always find some stat to support those arguments. Uh, usually I let the stats define the arguments. It was not a good week. There weren't a lot of things to talk about. So I kind of I kind of stretched. I got emotional and I found stats to support that argument. It did not pan out for me. Never does when I do that. So those are the challenging ones. Um, so those are the questions 
for you guys. Hopefully, a little inside track on how I do things here at Stat Wrap. Stats are very important to me. Um, I, I love to draw my conclusions based on fact. Don't get me wrong. Eye test is important as well. Feel is important as well. But if you can't support it with the stats, it's tough for me to make a move. Hey, we're going to take a quick pause right now from our stat wrap because I want to talk to you guys about the Jersey Jungle, okay? The Jersey Jungle, at the Jersey Jungle, at the Jersey Jungle on Instagram is where you can find these guys. Uh, Probably the best value in the world when it comes to jerseys. And I'm not fucking around with you, okay? You can go on to NFL.com, find yourself a jersey, 120 bucks, easy, right? You can go to a, you can go to a, a pristine auction auction site or something, spend 100 bucks, 80, 90 bucks on a jersey, easy. Or, or you can go buy a cheap piece of shit jersey for 50, 60 bucks somewhere on the internet, right? Like, there's no in between, except that there is. These Jersey Jungle Boys. At the Jersey Jungle on Instagram, they make beautiful stitch tool jerseys, like legitimate jerseys, the type you get from NFL.com at 120 bucks, and they sell them for 60. They sell them for 60 bucks a piece. Not just NFL, NFL, NBA, soccer. If you got a soccer club you love, baseball, hockey, they'll make you a custom jersey with your name on it. They don't fucking care. Beautiful jerseys, guys. Beautiful jerseys. They're giving you a deal here. Okay, if when you make your purchase, you type in TCK, if you type in the code TCK when you're checking out, they're going to give you 10% off one jersey or two jerseys, or you can buy a three-pack at 15% off with TCK in there. They're already only 60 bucks. 15% off three, you can pretty much get three for the price of one of those NFL.com jerseys, guys. You know, I told Sky when he first, when he first uh, showed me the jersey jungle, I told him that a three-pack's perfect. A three-pack's fucking perfect. Go get an Antonio Gibson, a Chase fucking Young, and a Terry McLaurin Washington football team jersey. All three of those guys. All three of them might be fucking studs for a long time to come, and this will be the only year that there's no Redskin or no other team fucking name emblem somewhere on this jersey. You want to make an investment in the future? Come on. Come on. 60 bucks a piece, 15% off if you want to buy three of them. TCK is the code. Go find these guys at the Jersey Jungle. You will not be disappointed. Okay, now uh, just a, I'm going to give you one player, just a kind of a quick one. I don't have a ton of time left here. So I'm going to do a really quick um, sort of stat rat player. I'm not going to give you a ton of stats. This uh, I will be diving deeper into this player later on in the season, but I want to put this out there now, leave you with a little something, at least here in episode 351 or 52 on TCK. Um, it's David Montgomery, guys. I want to fucking talk to you about David Montgomery really briefly. So Monty ends up as the running back four, as the running back four for fantasy purposes this year. Guys, he ended up the running back four. Blows my fucking mind. And you're going to have people in your league that come draft time, print off the finishes from last year or the rankings, and they're going to be like, hey, this motherfucker was running back four. I'm taking him in the first round, early in the second round, and I'm begging you, please don't do that. Okay, through week 11... David Montgomery had exactly one week where he finished inside the top 15 at the position. And he had six weeks 
in that time where he didn't finish inside the top 30. He was outside the top 30. Guys, David Montgomery is not the kind of running back you want on your team. Couple of other things to point out about David Montgomery here. Tariq Cohen will be coming back on that team later on, out all season. So even after the bye, when he finally started playing well in week 12, and don't get me wrong, he went off afterward. He went fucking nuts after that. Uh, He was the only guy there. There was nobody else there. Tariq Cohen is going to come back and take some of that away. Uh, A couple other things. Bill Lazor calling plays for that team after the bye. All of those were games where David Montgomery went nuts. I said this previously when I'm talking to Sky on an episode one of these a few weeks ago. Watch closely in Chicago to see what happens with the play calling. There is some murmurs that Matt Nagy actually took the play calling back in the last week and a half or so from Bill Lazor. If Nagy's calling plays next year. You you have to take that into account. Bill Lazor is a much better play caller for David Montgomery for the running game than Matt Nagy is. David Montgomery is, is not worth owning. One other thing, just about the running backs in general here that I want to talk to you guys about. Yes, he was the running back four, but, but look at this. Okay, Alvin Kamara, 377 is the running back one. Cook and Henry as 2 and 3, 337 and 331. David Montgomery only had 264.8 points, okay? So there's a huge gap this year between running back 3 and running back 4, okay? And it it's a, it's such a crazy gap that you could go from running back 11, that's Nick Chubb, all the way down to running back 32, that's Jeff Wilson, and it's the same difference as the difference between running back three and four, okay? Nick Chubb scored as many more points than Jeff Wilson as Derrick Henry scored more than David Montgomery. The gap is insane. So saying running back four says, hey, he's a great player, he's running back four, but there's such a huge gap that it's the same as the gap between running back 11 and running back 32, guys. Running back four was kind of a worthless position this year in fantasy. That's not the kind of value you want. David Montgomery's worthless. Do not draft you some David Montgomery next year. Uh, Let's watch what happens. There's probably turmoil coming for this team anyway, my Chicago Bears. Unfortunately, sometimes I feel like my Chicago Bears. All right, that is it for me. I'm out of here. 350, whatever the hell it is, TCK Pod. Keep checking back every day this week, every day next week. I think we get back to three episodes a week after that, but guys, this offseason is going to be the offseason where TCK grows, 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 and becomes huge. Get in on this ground floor. Stick with us. I'm Dweez Nuts at Dweez Nuts on Twitter. You can find Sky at FantasyFootball underscore TCK Pod on Instagram or TCK underscore pod on Twitter. We'd all love to hear from you. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.